you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, people of the audience in the podcast, International Space Station, whatever that fucking means. Is there a thing on the space station? Uh, welcome to the show. Refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss. I already said that. And uh, that new threads is out and TikTok. You can follow us over there as well. Uh, we have an amazing gentleman, author on the show today. He's been talking to us his latest book called Hey Doorman. Inception to an anthology uh, that came out to January 30th, 2018. Haji Outlaw is on the show with us today, and he'll be talking about his latest book and uh, some of the other works that he's done and everything that goes into it. Uh, Haji is a, uh, he's written for the Eric Andre Show, in addition to other television programs, films, and commercials. He is also a music producer having released a number of his own comedy songs. Uh, and when he's not producing music, he's writing for the screen or performing stand-up comedy. He can be found penning his latest piece of obscure genius, if not collaborating with uh, Isolaman Media. Do I have that right? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Thanks for coming. We certainly appreciate you having uh, having you come on. And uh, give us the dot coms wherever you want people to find you on the interwebs. Oh, uh, for dot coms for the book, you can just go to HajioutlawHD.biz. Uh, if you sign on there with the subscriber list, you can get a free chapter from the book. Other than that, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at, at outlawhaji. There you go. So, what motivates you want to write this uh, latest book? Uh, the motivation for the book was kind of twofold. Uh, at the time when I was living in LA on the weekends, when I wasn't writing for stuff, I'd be mm -hmm. I'd bounce at, at local bars. Like uh, well, first one, second one I got hired at was a guy I went to high school with who came to GM at the bar that was literally a five minute walk from my apartment. So that made it real easy. Uh, and basically, in between writing jobs, it was just so many funny, crazy things kept happening. I eventually decided I got to chronicle all this stuff down. And eventually it became so good and I was telling people the stories, they were like, you should put out a book on it. I said, uh, it's not a bad idea. So that was the kind of inception of it. A great, uh, I, I think bars and clubs and stuff are a great uh, microcosm of interesting people. And of course there's the drinking part and whatever else yeah. the hell you might be doing. So uh, did you call it, hey, doorman? Uh, did you get that called out to you a lot? Like, hey, doorman, let me in? Or what was the inception of that? Every once in a while I would, but it's the idea. I wanted to be kind of friendly. That's why I put the hey part in there. Uh -huh. And one of my favorite groups is the Clips, and they have a song called Doorman. Uh, so I just kind of combined those two. And also, like, at the main bar that I was at with my buddy from high school, the GM, they wouldn't call us bouncers. They called us door hosts because uh, oh. they wanted us to be more uh, congenial and not just some big guy, you know, in a, in a black shirt <laughs> with an earpiece. 
just being an asshole to everyone who comes up. Uh, so don't make it more congenial. I, I, I was going to call it Hey Door Host. I thought, ah, that's kind of stupid. And I thought Hey Doorman just had a better ring to it, so I went with that. <laughs> there you go. I can hear, I can see a song in this, maybe. Is there a song in Hey Doorman? I don't know. Or, hey Bouncer? I don't know. Maybe there's uh, there should be. There should be. Uh, I'll, I'll let the clips do, 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 do the bring the Doorman song. But, yeah, I should be able to come up with something at some point. There you go. Now, you've been built the world's funniest bouncer and uh, true tales of uh, Los Angeles nightlife. Uh, tease us out some of the stories people are going to find in the book. Uh, there's a, okay, there's a few of them. There's the uh, Naked Masturbator. Uh, that's a pretty good one right there. Wait, I told uh, you not to tell that story. <laughs> I know, but I, I figured I got to start off with, with the more personal stuff for you now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, then there's like it was uh, one time worst. in L.A. West Hollywood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then there was a uh, what a the worst night ever. Uh, then there's the worst group. Like like what's the worst holiday? That's probably a big one I get in there. Was like what's the worst day to be at a bar? Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people and not in L.A. will talk will say the day before Thanksgiving is always the worst because for most places that's where people come back into the town they're from. They're not working the next day, which means they're not. They have to. They have to. They're going to be with their family the whole next day. So there's a lot of big drinking on that Wednesday <laughs> right before Thanksgiving. They're but in LA, mission. exactly. But in LA, it's different because most people aren't from LA, so it's kind of a nothing night there. Uh, so I went through all the other major days you think, like St. Patrick's Day or New Year's Eve. Those all have bad stuff. But the one I had was actually the worst. It was. Uh, it was a bar. We're right on Santa Monica, right near Fairfax and Highland, and. Uh, it was basically, they, they bought out the whole bar, and we found out after they bought it out that it was a lesbian party. Ah. Okay, fine, cool. We thought wouldn't be any problem here. They had one male bartender and then three uh, female bartenders. Uh, mm. The male bartender told me he has never been uh, openly threatened physically so many times in one night than that single night. <laughs> like, but lesbians who wanted to, who literally wanted to fight, fight him. Uh, wow. And then the other, yeah. And the worst part of that uh, event, which which actually got that group blacklisted from ever coming to that bar ever again. Uh, <laughs> there was a woman who was in the it was in the men's bathroom, but it didn't matter that night because they're all women. But there was a woman who was in the bathroom. There's like an overhang, like for the stalls, where like a bar you can grab. Yeah. So she got her arms up here. Someone is holding her legs. Another girl is holding her legs. And another girl is ramming a double-sided dildo in and out of her. Yeah. And, and the weight of it and everything broke the overhang for the stalls, and they all collapsed on the floor. Then I come in there and look. I'm like, what the what? heck are you people? Like, there's a dildo hanging out of her, a pink dildo, if I remember right. And you've broken the men's bathroom on an all-lesbian <laughs> night. That, that's the kind of stuff that, that I write about in the book. Yeah. This is why we need bathroom rules, damn it. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, dildos and bathrooms and, and uh, you know, I, I, I had friends that owned clubs. And uh, and we go hang out in the office above the club. And there was always an adventure going on, right? You know, yeah. there was someone doing too much E and overheating or someone getting a fist fight with the bouncers, which is always a really bad idea. Because those, yeah. those guys are usually looking for blood. They're just somebody for the most part, yeah. Yeah, somebody yeah. hurt them in their life, and they're just looking for, you know. I've Stay seen back. I've seen bouncers hunt 
and shit because like, I had friends. Oh, really? Stuff. But you know, they're just like looking there. They know some guy's a problem. They're walking, keeping their eye on him and shit. And uh, oh, he's yeah. probably getting the shit beat out of him in the back room uh, for some mm-hmm. crap he'll pull. You know, he'll grab some girl or some shit that he shouldn't be doing. Um, so these are interesting stories, and and I I imagine there's there's a lot of funniness in the telling and the tales that you do through the book. Oh yeah, um, that's probably the main thing from my comedy background, from stand up and for writing for TV. I can take stories that might seem mundane and make them seem really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, basically through different kind of comedy way you frame it and everything. Uh, but that's part of the that's part of what attracted to me because like that the story I just gave you with the you know the lesbian party that's an easy one, but then there'll yeah. be like other, there'll be other small ones where it's like this one guy. Well, this is kind of a long one, but I'll just have to shorten it up a little bit. It's basically a guy who had a beer in his hand as he was walking in. And I was like, whoa, 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 you can't come in here with the beer. And he, and he told me, I just, he, he said, I just came out from out the bar. I'm like, I've been here the whole time. I didn't see you. He's like, well, I just came outside. And I was like, uh, first of all, you're drinking a Pacifico. We don't even serve Pacifico. <laughs> and, and he's with two other buddies. And like, they were like, oh, crap. And so I was like, if you want to get in, I need to see your ID. He's like, I don't have my ID. The bartender has it. Why does the bartender have your ID? He said, I don't know. They just took it. I was like the second lie in a row. And eventually, I wouldn't let him in. And then the guy threatened to me three times and said he's going to kill me. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and I was like, and it, yeah, it, yeah, it got escalated quickly. But I was like, I just laughed at him because I grew up on the south side of Chicago. And I'm like, I know some real killers. And the last no. thing a real killer does is tell you, I'm going to kill you. What they do is they kill you and let other people talk about how you got killed. Yeah. That's how you become a good, good killer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, if you if you were bouncing in West Hollywood and he had a Bud Light, then you'd know that he had got that Bud Light in the beer. I don't know what that means, folks. You can figure that out. Um, yeah, so, like that one. <laughs> took a little while for me to get around to it. Uh, so, uh, one story in the book is Skittles wrapped in cleavage. What's going on there, man? What's up, what's up with that? I, I, is that a new way to get Skittles oh. into the bar? Uh, no, that was actually a very interesting woman who came in there uh basically she walked in with like three or four friends and uh like she just eyeballed me the whole whole time she came in and then she came out a few minutes later and as she and she started just started talking just bringing up conversation but as she's Mm -hmm. talking she keeps on opening one button of her top and i'm just like okay are the breasts gonna pop out here at some point (laughs) and eventually she's like her other friends come out. She's, she's like two buttons away from like a titty being completely out. And uh-huh. that's why I said it was Skittles because it was like I was getting to see the rainbow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but eventually she, she, she's like, I have great boobs. And she just showed me her boobs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got great boobs. She's like, yeah, my husband doesn't appreciate them. And she was going on and on about her husband while her titties are out, like right on Santa Monica Boulevard. And I, I, look, I look over to her friends. I'm like, uh, I don't know how much she's had to drink. She's only been here a few minutes. But you want to grab her. Her friend comes over and sees her breasts. And like, oh my god, not this again! Not and again. Like, her top. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was like, that's why I felt like Skittles because I was like, it was like I was seeing something I shouldn't be seeing at the end of a rainbow. Uh-huh. Like, just a woman just flash. Yeah, just titties flashing left and right, and I'm not even doing anything. There you go. End of the rainbow. There's another yeah. uh, West uh, Hollywood joke there from LA, but uh, that's becoming a the true joke, joke of the night. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. I don't know what's well, pushing it at this point. Man, um, but that's the rainbow that's, on those cop cars out there. Is that true? 
Yeah, all the cop cars in West Hollywood, they have the rainbow flag on it. Do they? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. there you go. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, you know, it's interesting what people do, especially when they imbibe in uh, alcohol and their uh, their ability to, uh, I don't know, process stuff goes in the, out the window or something. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's fun to watch some of these things. So uh, what do you think people are going to learn from your book? Are you, is it? Is it uh, is it that humans are interesting creatures? Is it uh, the fun of it, the comedy of it, and the weird behavior of uh, human nature? I think it's going to they will learn more about the weird behavior of human beings just interacting at a bar in general. And then I think a lot of people also just wonder, like, who's going to be the worst male or female? Like, who's worst at a bar? And they're going to really get both sides because there's a lot of bad like guys. But I've, I've literally, I chronicle in there, I've been physically assaulted by women way more and sexually assaulted by women at a bar. And, and, and in West Hollywood, to be sexually assaulted by a woman as opposed to a man is kind of a feat. Yeah. I, you know, that's interesting. I think I heard that from another barman. They, 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 they said, uh, I think it was an interview on a TV show or something. And they, oh, said that, they said that, yeah, they had more problems with women and sexual assault and getting hit from them than men because you know men know if we if we throw down you know we can go all the way to death so we, we usually don't yeah. throw it down because you know we know it can get pretty ugly uh because oh, yeah. we're men and we're we're you know, we have upper body strength but you know women uh you know who knows what's going to go on i've seen lots of people that have drinking too much and then they get emotional and and all that stuff when you when you're a doorman can you can you do you, do you kind of approach the night with some sort of mentality or theory where you go, well, let's see who's going to be the shithead tonight, and you you kind of have a clue early on, maybe. Uh, I never came in with that thought, <laughs> but if I was there on a Friday and something uh -huh. happened, or if I was there on a Thursday and something happened, the next yeah. night I'm like, oh, what's going to happen tonight? What's going to go down now? <laughs> but it it always seemed like the nights where weird stuff would happen. We're not usually on the weekends. It was on weekday nights. Oh, really? Like a, Wednesday, a Wednesday or a Thursday, occasional Tuesday. Those are the ones where the weirdest things would happen. Like, I remember it was two Tuesdays in a row at this tequila bar where it was a woman assaulting her boyfriend or her husband at the bar. Wow. And yeah, like I That's remember tequila. one time. Tequila for, yeah. Like, I mm. literally walked in just to grab a glass of water and then I heard like a, a pop sound. And I looked around, I was like, what, 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 did someone drop something? I was like, no. And I heard another pop sound, and I saw the bartender going over to this couple. And he was telling her, like, ma'am, you cannot hit him. And the guy was just taking it. Like, you cannot hit him. And I'm like, and then he's looking at me like, I think you might have to kick her out of here. I'm like, that's fine with me. Uh, but yeah. the bartender was like, you guys got to go where you got to go. And then next week, it was the same thing with a different couple. And the thing that baffled wow. me was no one in that, it was a pack bar, no one did anything. Like even the women were looking at it like, he must he must deserve it. You like, go, you girl. Want to step in, exactly. Yeah. But if it was the other way around, everyone would have been like, oh my god, he's horrible. Get rid of him. Call the police. Oh. Yeah, I did. I I used to appeal all my speeding tickets. There was a trick in Utah for a long time, where uh, if you appealed your ticket and you it took two of the three years that it would normally appear on your driver's license thing, you'd only have it on your driver's license for a year. So we'd oh. appeal it endlessly. And 
in appellate courts, they put you in all sorts of stupid courts, you know, to, for the appeal, because there's not really a thing for traffic. No one appeals a traffic ticket. But I'd learned this game, and I had a BMW, so I was running up a lot of tickets. And uh, so one time they put me in in uh, uh, domestic violence court for the appeal. And I was at the end of the docket, mainly because I was there for the speeding ticket, but also my last name is Voss. So, you know, they just... Uh, yeah, you know, they put me in. So I just sit through a whole domestic violence talk at one time. And it was amazing how many guys had gotten beat up by girlfriends. And, like, there, you know, there was the usual stuff there. But, uh, you know, sometimes there was, you know, the woman gets pulled in an orange jumpsuit. And the guy's there and he's got the shit beat out of his face. <laughs> and you're just like, wow, man, you're in court with this, too. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, a little, that's, that's embarrassing right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is book six of eight. It shows on Amazon. Uh, tell yeah. us how that's working, and do we want to get a plug in for any other books? Uh, sure. I mean, they're all titled "Hey Doorman." It's, they're just numbered in different kind of goofy order. So the first one is twenty-one true tales. Second one's twenty-two true tales. Um, but yeah, they're all the same "Hey Doorman" series under my name. So they're all kind of once you get one, you'll be getting the lead in for the others. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a betting man. I would, uh, do, I mean, do you ever reach a point where when someone came in the door, you're like, yeah, this one's going weird tonight. We should keep an eye on that one. Oh, I had a, I got, I got a good instance of that. Actually, both of them ended up being good. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, it was one time, it was a guy, he was probably like eh, around 240, 240 pounds, six foot, 240, big guy. Uh, he was, he was walking, he was walking up, he was walking up, he was with a bunch of buddies, but you could tell they'd been drinking, but I couldn't exactly tell how much. As, as he's approaching and normally when people have been drinking and you're going to a bar they'll like they'll put it in their head like okay you just have to act sober for 60 seconds get past this guy once we're in, we're good like that part of his brain never kicked in so he comes up and he's kind of slurring and stumbling his words and he goes to hand me his id and he drops it then he tries to pick it up drops it again then he kicks it the next time somehow by accident stumbles over trying to pick it up and i'm like oh come on buddy wow i'm like i, I can't i can't i can't let you in you're too intoxicated he yeah. started snapping going off saying I'm, i'll beat the crap out of you i'll, I'll kill you this net his buddies are trying to hold him back he said just come over here and i'll beat the hell out of you i'm like you dude you're four feet away from me like <laughs> you're not on the other side of the street you can't what even you pick up your about? driver's license yeah huh <laughs> He couldn't even pick up his driver's license, right? Yeah, and he had, he had a whole fit about it. And then, <laughs> so the other bouncer I was with, yeah, so the other bouncer I was with, after we kick him out, he, they go down the block, and the other bouncer sees him walking back about maybe 10, 15 minutes later. He's like, watch your back. I'm like, I'm not really worried. There's, there's, if, he, if he does throw a punch, he's going to miss. Uh, but he comes up, and he's super apologetic. He's like, I'm so sorry. I have been drinking too much. I don't want to be able to not come back to this bar again. I really apologize. Uh, I was like, no problem, buddy. He came back like a week or two later. It was a long line. He walked mm -hmm. up, introduced himself again. You remember me? I'm like, yeah, I, I do remember you. You said you're going to beat the crap out of me from four feet away. And he's like, okay, I'm going to wait in line. After about 10 minutes, I called him up. I was like, hey, are you going to be a problem tonight? He's like, no, I will not be a problem. I'm like, okay, give me your ID. You can go right in. And after that, he came back, always shook, shook my hand. And he was super nice. Huh. Well, there yeah. you go. That's a, that's yeah. a good U-turn. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. It's not everyone's a bad person and stuff. Uh, I yeah, love it. So, that bad moment. There you go. So who are the worst people in Tinseltown? The worst people? Uh, what I've found, well, it's kind of a split. 
young, wealthy white women, ah. young, wealthy Persian women, ah. the most airy. Like I've, I'll tell you two quick stories. There was a these two white white girls who came in there. Uh, they go up to the bar. They get drinks. They get shots, and one of them immediately throws up on the bar. Oh, like wow. on top. Yeah, the bartender's female season is telling the other bouncer. Hey, get her out of here. She's got to go now. She just threw up on a bar. So this guy tries to cut him off and be like, tell him you're out of here. They act like they don't see him and walk away. He cuts him off again. They zag another way. And finally, he puts his arm out and like to stop him with his arm. And it's like, you just threw up. You got to get out of here. And they're like, oh, my God. You just assaulted us with your arm. We're calling the cops. And they call the, co- and they call the cops. After and the other in the bar. On the bar. And the, and the other bouncer comes to me and is telling me this. And I'm like... <laughs> What? I, yeah, let them call the cops. Their DNA evidence is all over the bar. <laughs> what are they going to do? Uh, so that was when it was just the arrogance of doing that and then calling the cops. And then Yeah, that's the, quite the thing, isn't it? It's kind of caring Yeah, a little bit. There. Very caring Yeah, and then the, yeah. the Persian one, this is probably, this will seem bad at first, uh, but I'll tell you the whole story. This will seem Basically, bad like at a, first. Yeah, yeah it, well, it, it, it can't seem bad. Like, yeah. Um, basically, there's just a bar where it's two big rooms. The back room is like a DJ dance floor packed shoulder to shoulder. Normally, I wouldn't go. I would go from that the front room into the back room around one or so in the morning. So I go back there, and uh, I'm back there for two minutes, and I see this woman coming towards me like a bad dancer, kind of waddling. And I see the other bouncer, Joshua, right, right behind, right behind her. And Joshua, this is important to say, he's about my height, but like 20 pounds lighter. So he's about six three, but like I don't know, maybe 160 or something. Or 175, uh-huh. and he's gay. Like two words come out of his mouth, you know this guy's gay, and it, it, uh-huh. that's, it's relevant. Tell me, it's relevant for the story. So he's walking her, she gets to me, and he, he's rubbing his eyes, and he says, "Get this bitch out of here." And he goes behind the bar, and he's trying to go clean his eyes out. And I'm like, I don't know what's happened at this point. Uh, so I'm just like, before I could, I'm like, okay. So before I could tell anything to the woman uh, that you got to go, she just beelines it towards the front. So I'm, just, I'm just following her. And the whole time she's walking towards the front, she's just like cursing to herself, like getting angrier and angrier. And I'm like, okay. And right as you hit the door, there's a red rotary phone by the door. She picks up the rotary phone, and I don't know if she's going to hit me or people at the booth or at the bar. So I karate chop the uh, phone out of her hand. I, I grab, grab her around, and I walk her out like this. Like she's facing uh-huh. me. As I'm uh-huh. walking around, she slapped me on top of my head. So I turn her around 180 degrees so she can't do that, walk her out the front, and I put her down on the curb. And I think, I'm thinking in my head, like, this is over. There's, I've, I've shown that I'm physically more dominant than you. This is a bad idea to escalate this any further. Not for this Persian woman. As soon as I put her down, she comes at me, slaps me, and, like, slaps me once, and then comes back and slaps me again, and then turns her back on me like I'm just that dude to slap. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm about to choke slam her. I walk up, <laughs> grab her around the throat, lift her off her feet, and I'm about to slam her. And then uh-huh. I realized like her, her body just went into survival mode. Like all the anger she had, like her body was like, we wow. really messed up, chill out. So my GM was right there, Brian, and he's seeing me do this. And he's just, his, his whole, like his mouth was open. He's just stunned. And I'm like, Brian, you better come get this bitch. And he's like, yeah, yeah, just please put it down. Please, please, please put her down. So I put her down. And uh, after, I, after I put her down, he tries to grab her. She tries to kick me twice again. And then she yells out loud. To Brian, as Brian's holding her back, you're just gonna choke a bitch and leave. I look her dead in the eye. I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So that's how it ended. But 
the funny part is before this happened, the reason the Joshua was kicking her out was because at the back of the bar there was only one section you can't sit in. And that's the DJ mm-hmm. section. She had been sitting oh. there and wouldn't move the whole night. And eventually the DJ was like, told Joshua, get her out of here. And they had, they had got her around the shots thinking that she would leave. And she said she would leave, but she wouldn't. So Joshua was like, you got to go. You got to get out of here. She immediately calls Joshua, who's gay, calls him a rapist, uh, throws her, tequ- her tequila shot in his face, and then hauls back and hits him in the face with the uh, shot glass. Wow. So, yeah, so that's when he walked her to me, and he was going behind the bar to clean that tequila out of his eyes because it was burning. Yeah, assault and everything, yeah. Yeah, wow. so that's a, that's assault, yeah. assault with a weapon, and then she assaulted me. Yeah. She seems nice. I wonder if she's got a Tinder profile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she does. It's, and so uh, you've collected and written these stories for a while and, and yeah. had some fun with them. Do you tell the same stories on stage, or do you do different material when you do stand-up? Uh, for stand-ups, really a little different. Uh, some of the stories I'll kind of delve into, but for the most part, not really, just because they're already written, and I, I kind of want to just push them like that's a book thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do talk about the guy who said he's going to kill me three times. That 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 that's actually a joke, in like in my act. Yeah, <laughs> you have to give you some perspective on it. I mean, uh, uh, so what about uh, which celebrity has the biggest head? I suppose. Oh, Sean Penn. Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. Wow. But like n- not like e- yeah. not like egotistical, but like a physically big head. Like for his body, his head looks it's OJ Simpson size. It's huge. Serious. Wow. Yeah, like he yeah, he was there. He was on a date with Charlize Theron at this tequila bar. And it's a uh-huh. taqueria place too. And everyone like I got there a little late, so all the barkers like, Oh my god, Charlize is here with Sean Penn. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, well I, yeah, okay. I'd seen Charlize at another place in uh Venice, I think, so I wasn't that impressed. But when they walked out, I got a good look because they were like, you know, three, four, four feet from me. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, Sean Penn has a humongous head. Probably works good for the film, again, being on screen or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. But, it makes um, them, probably makes them look tougher, bigger, or something. But I've heard that, yeah. that people say if you're on TV or film, it's good to have a big head because it makes you, I don't know, makes you look, look stand out or strong or something. Huh, maybe I should go into Hollywood. I have a giant fucking head. It's hey, like, there you go. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, and I'm a narcissist too. So there's that going for me. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> he's he's gotten in a few fights uh, of uh, of his own with the uh, paparazzi and all that stuff down there. Uh, oh, any yeah. other famous people that you you came across that were had some interesting stories when you were there? Uh, I think probably a good one was Jessica Alba. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had always had a huge crush on her for years. She came in there with her girl, her girlfriends. I was like, "Oh, she's really good looking in person." Well, I saw her a couple of times, but uh, like she was just—it was a little goofy. Like they were—they were leaving. They're standing like right in the doorway, and they're just mm-hmm. talking and chatting after you know having some tequila and tacos or whatever. And there was this sweet little Asian woman who was just trying to get in but couldn't like get around their party. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had to like tap Jessica on the back and be like, "Excuse me, could you move out the doorway?" And as soon as I like got in her personal space before I get to her, you could tell she was used to having press. She gave me like the greatest bitch face I've ever seen. Like, uh, like I, you're in my personal space. And then I just remember that look being like, oh, I don't see that in film. That's a serious get the hell away from me face. But I, after they realized what was happening, like, oh, yeah, they moved over and let everyone else in. So, but uh, just go. that face alone is good. Yeah. 
Do you ever keep going back and doing doorman stuff so you can get more stories? Uh, I did for a while, but I've been bouncing a few since the pandemic. I've been bouncing since the pandemic. Oh, that, so that's now. true. Yeah, the pandemic yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting what people do, and and uh, you know, and, and I, I've seen fights. I've seen girlfriends uh, beat the hell out of the boyfriends uh, in in the parking lot. Sometimes going out the front door. Um, one of my friends was a bouncer. He just a really big dude. I mean, he was doing he was doing a lot of roids. And uh, and he had this little girlfriend, man, and she started beating him up in the parking lot. It was funny. It's it's interesting what people do when you mix alcohol and, you know, God knows what else they're on or whatever they're off, you know, with their meds. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of funny how, you know, it's it's just weird what people can do in there. Um, You know, uh, people are dating sometimes or they're, they're looking to hook up or date and, um, I don't know what, what types of bars are, did you work for different types of bars? Like, I don't know, there's yeah. like Western bars and different things. Is there, is there oh. a certain type of bar that is the worst bar to, or interesting bar to work at? I've, I've heard from other bouncers and the people that the worst bars are typically as far as getting into problems. Uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't a type of bar. It wasn't a Western bar, at least in Southern California, but it was the bars near Long Beach or in Long Beach. <laughs> Primarily because that's where a lot of UFC fighters train in that in, oh, really? in Long Beach, and so you don't know like a lot of females MMA people train out there too. So you don't know what anyone is into. And I've heard like those are some of the bouncers that are like guys who are all two fifty plus, like because they there's some real fighters out in that area. So, but as far yeah. as like a certain type of Irish bar or Western bar, I haven't, I haven't found it much much difference. There you go. Uh, probably a lot of roid rage, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. are, are, when you're doing bars that are on Sunset uh, Boulevard, is uh, do you find there's a lot of just tourists and people are minding their manners maybe a little bit more? Yeah. Um, a lot, there's a lot of tourists from uh, Japan or Asia come through there. Uh, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of European, too. Um, mm-hmm. I can tell you a quick story. I remember there was a guy, I think it was from Tokyo, but um, mm-hmm. it's at the back of this one bar. And he's just smoking a cigarette in the middle of the floor. And I'm like, what the, what the, so I go to him, like, buddy, you know, you can't smoke in here. Get out. And he barely spoke any English. He was just like, uh, uh, and his buddy had to come over and be like, oh no, he's from Tokyo. He just doesn't know you can't smoke in here. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, 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 I get it. I won't boot you out. Just put the cigarette out. Uh, yeah. I've had Europeans, they just tend to be a little more flippant. Like I remember yeah. right before the bar closed for pandemic, we're like, we knew this was something that was big. I think within three days, the state had closed down. But this one European, she had a passport. She was smoking a cigarette. And, and she just, instead of just holding up her passport, because she didn't want to put her cigarette down or put it out, she handed it over to me. And I'm just like, you know, there's a pandemic. Why are you handing me stuff that I have to then put my hands on? And I was just like, come on. And that happened like three times that night. It was all people with passports from somewhere in Europe. Wow. Was, uh, yeah. And you're like these can be people have clearly probably picked up COVID and and uh, yeah, it's interesting yeah. how cavalier people can get and crazy people can get in a bar and sometimes overly friendly and uh, you know when you work at the clubs, whether you're a doorman or a barman, you know it's interesting how people can can be a little probably overly friendly to you, like they're just a little too familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I've had some regulars who I had to like kind of put at arm's length like they always want you to take shots 
or hang out and talk about their day. And I'm just like, no, or some, this would be the worst. The guys who think you're friends with them and then they want to hang out after hours and they'll, they'll oh, tell really? people like, yeah, like other oh, bounces will be cleared out. Like we're closed now. I'll move out. And they'll be like, and they'll sit on the side and be like, no, Haji told me, told me, told me I could stay, say and hang out. And they come to me and I'll be like, I don't know who this dude is. I don't even know his name. I have to go tell him you got to get out of here. That was always annoying. Oh, except for the chicks who did that. Cute chicks who did that. No problem. Yeah. Did you ever have any uh, people that freaked out, like, uh, on some sort of, you know, psychedelic or something? I think we had, my friend had a couple times where we had, I think we had some people overheat on E. Like, you had to uh, call the ambulance and shit, and they were overheating, and and because uh, he could do that. He's in a, in a big club. Uh, or, you yeah. know, some people, some people are on some sort of uh, whatever it is, whatever, and and they're just uh, having a whole freak out. Yeah, we've had some guys who are like on a lot of coke, and you can just—they're <laughs> just sweating, being overly friendly, and you start seeing kind of like getting close to passing out because their hearts are racing. We've had—I've had a few of those. Uh, uh, we also, celebrity one, you know Andy Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy had, Dick. No, that's got to be some great stories. Yeah, this dude was like—he had been there a couple times before, and he wasn't drinking. He was fine, or he wasn't mm -hmm. on anything. Then one time he came there and he, he was on a comedy show or something, but he was drinking and on other stuff. And I think he grabbed like three or four guys by the crotch, got punched <laughs> in the chest by someone else because he grabbed them on the crotch. And then like our GM had to come to him like, you, you got you got to stay out of here. And I saw him later, like an hour later, he's sitting on the curb, passed out. All wow. his buddies have left. And I, I, I don't know how he got picked up or what happened. I saw him like that maybe a month later too. But he was always on a bunch of stuff. If he was dead sober. He was on everything. Wow! Yeah. I didn't some of that make the news on TMZ and stuff. I think. Yeah, I think, he, I think some of that. I remember him getting kicked out of some clubs and and having some issues there. And and uh, yeah, kind of a little interesting dude. Uh, you know, it's 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 just wild what people do. But it's great that you have these that you have these books and tell these stories. Um, cause it's, it's fun and it's funny how people live their life. Uh, anything else we want to plug on the show before we go out? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. They got a couple of other book series. Uh, one's mm -hmm. called, uh, these movies suck, uh, which is basically <laughs> my take on a bunch of major franchises. Uh, uh -huh. I take shots at star Wars, the matrix, uh, a <laughs> bunch of movies. I've always, this one little tidbit. I've always been baffled how no one talks about how all the names in star Wars are just really on the nose. Like the idea like like Darth Vader. Yeah. Basically they just want to call him a dark invader. Oh. That's what it's not they just basically just added a lisp, Darth Vader, and took out the end. That's it. Added <laughs> a lisp. And like, I never thought yeah, about that. That that it makes sense though. Yeah, it's all Princess Leia. We need we need someone mm -hmm. who's like royal and everyone wants to sleep with. How about <laughs> Princess Leia? Nope, Leia's a little on the nose. How about Lay Up? Uh, that oh works. My gosh. Wow. Yeah. You know, he ripped that whole, uh, he ripped the whole plot of that movie off of uh, uh, Kiri Kawasaki's movie. Uh, I think the, the something. Uh, oh, seven. I've heard that rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, and it's, it's actually, uh, uh, what's his face said he did it. Uh, the guy who created George Lucas, he's actually yeah. on he, on the video. He goes, "Yeah, I, I took it from the. I believe it's called the Dark Fortress. I think it's the something fortress, the Dark Fortress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even the characters, the build out of the characters, R two D two and C three PO, 
they're they're all in the movie. Like, and the plot line is the same. It's just put into a different century, basically. Uh, oh, wow. And so it's funny. When, yeah, you should go watch it. It's fun to watch. Yeah. And uh, Princess Leia is in there uh, as, <laughs> you know, the thing. And there's a Wookiee. And, uh, but, you know, there's not a Wookiee. It's just, it's just the characters of, of uh, the Japanese people that they put in the movie. But they have that sort of, that, that wonkiness of each of the characters in the Star Wars movie. And you're just like, holy oh. shit, you just like wholesale ripped off that whole fucking movie. And uh, and there you go. Yeah, when you watch it, you'll be like, there's C-3PO. There's R2-D2. Wow. Okay. And they act wow. as, you know, goofy and dorky. Um, he just lifted the whole movie. And he says it on the video. There's some video he has that I think is an intro to like the 40th anniversary or some shit. And George Lucas is like, yeah, I just stole it all and changed the names, basically. I hope I hope the uh, Kurosawa got a percentage of that because when he sold, he sold it for four billion. I don't know how that works. Yeah, hopefully he got a Jeez. cut of the action and stuff. So. Yeah, a lot of people ripped off Akira Kurosawa. I mean, a lot of yeah. our producers liked it, but uh, no, I never really thought about that stuff. You know, you should do a podcast about that and just rip on yeah. movies and stuff. That sounds like it might be a fun podcast. Yeah, it does sound fun. I, I, I thought about that for a little bit, but now yeah, now I might have to look a little harder in it. Yeah. Yeah, somebody needs to throw shit at movies, man. I mean, you know, people like Star Wars, but I mean, you need some entertainment comedy where you just go seriously. Like my big thing yeah. with Star Wars is like every fucking movie except for like two of them it involves blowing up the Death Star. It's like how many times are we blowing this thing up, and how many times are they rebuilding it? Like at what yeah. point does somebody in the Emperor go? You know, these fucking rebels keep blowing up this goddamn Death Star every time we build one. Maybe we should uh -huh. just not build the Death Star and then some reason every time we build it and they blow it up and we build another one we put the same flaw in it where if somebody just shoots a torpedo down some hole the thing whole thing blows up like maybe maybe there's a fundamental flaw in the process for using <laughs> yeah i think the family guy did a thing on that i think on their blue harvest where they're like i remember it was like darth vader was like stewie was asking like 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 the death star is good to go He's like, oh, he hesitated. He's like, well, there's one minor flaw. So it's a small little <laughs> hole that a wombat can fit through. And he's like, well, can't we board that up? Like, oh, no, we'd have to go through OSHA and do all this other stuff. He's like, oh, forget it. Then leave it there. No one will figure it out. <laughs> yeah. No one will figure it out. And yet yeah. somehow they do it every time. Yeah, I, I just mm -hmm. I get tired of the the whole, oh, oh we're gonna, we have a major gun that's going to blow something up. And you know, it's just like, can we come up with something new? Like, I don't know, yeah. maybe they can MacGyver, Hansel can MacGyver something, or I don't know. But, something uh, creative. Something creative. But no, that would be a great podcast, dude. It would. Yeah. And then maybe you could have a doorman podcast, too, and you have other doorman guys come on and tell them the, tell them the tales of the week. And there you go. Yeah. So, there you go, yeah. It's uh, a good idea. You could, you could uh, put it in Vegas because, you know, I know a lot of friends that work the service industries, they call it in Vegas. And so Ooh. they're... They work the doorman, and there's a lot of the girls that I know that do bottle service, and they have some yeah. interesting tales too about what guys do. And then uh, mm -hmm. you can interview strippers at, at Spear and Rhino, and you know they can tell you tales of the week too. That way, <laughs> I'd watch that show. That'd, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be mostly watching to make sure they didn't tell any tales about me. Uh, so there you go. Well, this has been fun to have you on the show, Haji, and uh, give us a plug. Dot uh, coms where you want people to find you on the interwebs, please. Yeah, on Instagram and on Twitter, at Outlaw Haji. And then for the book, it's HajiOutlawHD.biz. There you go. There you go. Thank you very much for, for coming on. It's been fun. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. Yeah. There you go. And thanks, my audience, for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and uh, the new threads and TikTok. Go follow us over there and all that good stuff. You know where we're at. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> awesome.